AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear-headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop, once a day, before breakfast, and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. GG Poker is the biggest online poker site and they have more players than any other on the internet. Why play anywhere else? They have a wide range of games and unique features that you just can't find on any other site. GG Poker run huge tournaments with big prize pools and they hold the record for the biggest ever prize pool on an online poker tournament. There are games for all players at all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or a seasoned pro, including cash games and exciting tournaments like Bounty Hunters and Sunday Majors. GG Poker offer popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. New players that make their first deposit get £60 in free play, 18 plus, new UK players only, minimum deposit is £10, full terms and conditions apply, begambleaware.org and please play responsibly. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Hello and welcome to episode 18, season 12 of the Fighting God Podcast. Today I'm joined on the world's angriest little man, um, Alex from Bristol. The angriest little man that closely resembles a wombat, that's you, Al. Little? What, are you big? Are you a big man? <laughs> I'm taller than Rick. I'm not even the littlest person on this stream. Yeah, but you're uh, the most triggered by the word little. Yeah, I'm also the buffest and uh, most sexually active. So, swings and roundabouts. I had sex three days ago. So, don't count if you when... <laughs> That's meta, isn't it? That's, that's a conversation that we had previously. Don't worry about whether I'm coming or not. Um, and <laughs> and, uh, and uh, back in the school days, they used to call him the animal, didn't they, Rick? That's true. They did. Why did I'm they call you that? You remember that? Vigorous fingering. Uh, because. No, it's uh, during my um, time in the rugby team growing up that I've just, every time in rugby, they would give the ball, the opposition would give the ball to the biggest geezer and he would look for the, the, the smallest geezer and run straight at him, which was me. Yeah. He didn't know that, that I'd run full pelt at him and tackle him straight at his ankles run and he'd just him. go crumbling over. Yeah. So uh, no fear, no fear, mate. Smash yeah, we had a... Up. 
Do you know, we had a lad at, I've, that's reminded me of something, we had a lad at, at secondary school, so I used to have to play rugby and I hated it. Like, I was too good at football, I was captain, I didn't want to do anything else, I shouldn't have been made to do any other sport. But um, there was a lad called Liam Coomer, right, who was an absolute man mountain, right? <laughs> he used to get the ball at rugby and uh, genuinely there'd be about six kids, like, hanging off his neck. Like off his shoulders, and he'd still just be walking along like one of those giants in Game of Thrones, like people throwing <laughs> shit at him with stones to try and make him fall over. Never did. I wonder what happened to him. Probably heart attack on the ball. Good. Uh, Richie Tolan comes straight in, double footed. Said, "How many, how many podcasts in a row you guys said fundamentally?" Now, this is something that's been thrown at me a lot. That I say fundamentally a lot. I didn't realize you guys do. I don't know if you've heard anyone else say it, Rick. Have you noticed it? No, it's not me, mate. It's not, that's not in my vocab. So I think it's. Um, yeah, I think me it's neither. Think, I think it's me. Uh, I, look, I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say. I'm just trying to talk here. Do you know? Fuck. You know how many podcasts we've done? How many times do I have to speak through the week? If I if I accidentally say the same word over again, which is a word that I use to to fundamentally, um, you know, describe what I'm trying to say, then I'll fucking say it, Richie. <laughs> Go and listen to another free podcast if you want. No, don't go away though. We definitely need the listeners. Um, boys, it's been a, an exciting. It's been an exciting week, including the Bournemouth game. Two last-minute winners. Um, the Bournemouth game is important for obviously what's going on in the league. We've got a couple of tough games going on coming up before the uh, World Cup, but the Champions League game was something else. Um, we, we we previewed it uh, on five statements on Patreon just after the game. And it talks a lot about how, why we, we, we're a second half team and whether or not that's deliberate. I'm going to come on to that. But before we do, Rick, I know we have a laugh mm. saying, oh, Tottenham, why do they do it to us? And oh, it's Tottenham. But I just kind of, I really want Tottenham to be a little bit less like Tottenham. Like I've had enough of Tottenham, the, that Tottenham. I want, to, I, want, I, want yeah. to, I want to be able to relax through a game because that wasn't relaxing, was it? No, it's awful, man. It was such a horrendous uh, watch. And even in the second half, when we were when we got a foothold in the game and we had some chances, and just going close and just like kind of almost, uh, you could you could feel that we were going to score. And even that was just stressful. And I was for the whole game. I, I watched it standing up as I always do. And I, I, I was just um, walking in circles, just ram up, ram up the uh, the rug in my front room, just walking in circles, and it was just unbearable because the the group, depending on who who had scored, was just changing throughout, like through like minutes of the game of who was going top second, then we're in Europa, then we weren't, and then oh man, it was just so painful. Um, and the build-up to it was just, uh, it was it was tough because obviously uh, Stad Velodrome is known for its searing kind of atmosphere. And before the game, there was this, uh, there was a video of um, the Marseille fans lining the streets for their team bus to come down, you know, akin to what you've seen at Liverpool, where they have uh, all the flares, they all let off and all the fireworks. And then the team bus is driving through and it just, it, it looks like hell. That's what it looks like. Um, just red fire everywhere and noise and fireworks. And you know that kind of, if you're in that bus and you're going through, you know it's a big game 
and it's a big game because I don't think they've got through to the last 16 and maybe like 10 or 11 years. And I think they were putting all their eggs in one basket for, for this game. And you just, yeah, you, you just know it's going to be a, a red hot atmosphere. And previously where we have seen Tottenham, like you were saying, just, just don't be that Tottenham. Don't, don't wilt under, under that pressure and after well, it wasn't the first even that. half, it wasn't like, even like the Wilton, Rick. It was it was the like not making it easy. That was what it was. That was what, no. That that's what like that's what I'm trying to like. I want us to get away from. It's like it's like it's we just find a way of making every game the most difficult. Even the Bournemouth game, and it was just like I know it's what Spurs do, and it's what we've always do. They never make it easy for us, but. I don't think I just can start take, on the front foot. Just fucking make it easy for us. So let's go back to just the red ball straight away. Yeah, just start scoring straight away in the first yeah. half. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, they come on to it. Um, Al, how how did you process the game? Because you're you're one of the most emotional. When watching football, all of the people I've watched football with, and certainly in my close circle of friends, you're the most emotional. I think I've I'm mellowed now because, you know, I, I came across that video. I don't know if OGs of the podcast will remember. It was a video of me watching when we beat Man City when we were on that title run and Ericsson scored that winner and I turned round and punched a pillow. That's right. Uh, Tuesday night was about as close as I've got to that for for a long time. Um, I, I mean, I love it, really. I mean, look, I don't love that first half, but... Uh, <laughs> This this is it. We've had we've had that time. You know, they're talking about I'll oh, just score early, just get on with it. We've had that. Remember, twenty sixteen, we'd walk up White Hart Lane knowing that pretty much whoever we were going to play, we'd be probably two 0 up. Probably bored. Win Most four of us nil. were bored, weren't we? Just like, oh, uh, oh, we what? So oh, we half time again. Fuck's sake. <laughs> so so we've had we've had those times. Um, and look, it's it's character building. Uh, and as much as you know, the sporting and the whole VR, VAR thing has put a little damper on things. And I do, I do, I am not as emotional about watching football now because I, I feel like what's the point? Because in thirty seconds, I might not be. Yeah. Um, when a game is like that, it 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 still suspends that reality for a minute. Uh, I I went mental uh, when when Hoiberg scored that. So no, I, like I said, it was. Um, it was difficult. Everything that Rick said is right, but then if we if we took away that, we wouldn't have the moments like we had on on Wednesday, and the moment that we should have had last week against Sporting, and the moment that we had against Bournemouth on it's, on Saturday. It's crazy. Generally, the sort of cliche that gets thrown out a, um, a, a team is that they're scoring last minute goals that that shows a belief and a togetherness in the squad. But we've had three in a week. Like we'd have the Kane goal, you know. Either should or shouldn't have been stood, but you know, before VAR, we would have got that goal. That would uh, ninety plus four, ninety plus four against uh, or ninety plus two against Brentford, and then that literally last kick of the game against Marseille. It, it does show something. Uh, we shouldn't be in a situation where we're having to rely on these last gasp winners. And to be fair, the Marseille game they had to win. They were pushing loads forward. We didn't need that goal to go through, but we did need that goal to go top and be seeded for want of a better expression in, in the last 16 um well I, yeah. sorry go on. well I was, oh, just, just cause I think there's a mix of luck and uh, and progression right so some of these last minute goals have come from the fact that we are extremely fit yeah the run from from Hoiberg shows that you know we talked about you know them doing the sprints 
out in Korea, people falling over, being sick and stuff like that. That's essentially what Hoiberg did on on Tuesday night. He did one of those sprints at the last minute when he's had enough, he's knackered um, and goes and puts a finish like that. Set pieces is another area of growth, obviously, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But those, you tend to get more set pieces as you're pushing towards games, you know, pushing at games towards the end. And it's because we're so good at set pieces that we're then ending up scoring from them. Um, and, you know, the slice of luck that we had, you know, against um, against Bournemouth, maybe Ryan Sessegnon's goal was a slice of luck. Against Marseille, the communication from their bench was awful because they should have been told with about 10 minutes to go that a draw was enough to get them into Europa League and they didn't have to go for that um, for that winner to be able to at least stay in, in Europe. Uh, and I think their captain came out afterwards and was and was quite critical of the fact that that message didn't get across to the players. So there's always a balance of there's always an element of luck, and that like you say we shouldn't be relying on that. But also you should recognise the fact that there's two key areas that we have improved massively in, and that is fitness and set pieces. Yeah, and that's no, those two things have essentially won us those games. Well, there's no greater eulogy to um, Gian Ventroni, is there? The fact that we scored three injury yeah. time goals in the last week. Um, and you're right that the the set pieces have been incredible. Like we're so dangerous from set pieces. And um can't remember the other guy. Can't remember his name. Flav, where did you watch the game? Uh, it was around your mum's house. She uh, <laughs> she made me a spaghetti bolognese and we watched the game together. Arm in arm. We were cuddling she, the whole, whole way through. She's not, she's not got BT, so that's a lie. Yeah, I bought it for her. Did a day pass. Did a day pass. <laughs> I watched it at home on my own, um, which made it... Actually, say, I say that, right? I've got to, I've got to get a shout out to my missus because... Um, I didn't watch it alone. I watched it with her, and I often say that. I, I you know, I say I watch it alone because I'm I'm into football, and she's not. But she actually is into football, and we sat there together watching it, and it was actually really nice to actually experience it with her. She didn't, she wasn't screaming cunt every two minutes like I was, um, but it was. It, it, she more than got what was going on, and 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 really does is starting to really get football. Um, so I did. I watched it with my missus, and. Um, I feel I feel I don't know how anyone else feels when they're watching football with other people who aren't emotionally invested as I am or you are. Do you feel self-conscious? No, I I could not give a shit because I'm so wrapped up. Like that first half. I want to talk about my reaction to the first half because I was a bit ashamed of myself. But um but no, when you're watching it, I I'm I'm so wrapped up in what's happening on the screen that I lose myself and I've been on the floor. I've the, the, the front room, which is directly in front of me. My missus has been on the sofa with my daughter or stepdaughter, and I've been punching the floor in front, in front of them, punching the floor in front of them because of Tottenham. That's how much. That's I don't. I don't really care. I should. I should. And I do afterwards. Wake up, going, ah, oh, fucking, I made a tit of myself again. But no, yeah, I've been caught punching the floor. Um, do you know? Do you, I just say just before I forget on? Um, Saturday, I was at a spa with uh, a guest. Um, uh, so I had to watch it on a dodgy stream, led on like some sun lounger in some uh, black and white Hawaiian print uh, swimming shorts. Um, uh, and <laughs> when the third goal went in, I didn't, the stream froze. All I saw was Brian Hill just with his arms out like that. So <laughs> I was pretty sure we'd scored, but not definite. So <laughs> I'd flipped up onto my knees. So I'm holding the phone, like landscape, on my knees on the end of a sun lounger, leaning over the end of it, staring at this phone, waiting for this stream to come back. Uh, and then uh, had went mental, but couldn't do too much because, you know, with a, 
a guest. So you don't, you know, you haven't known for that long. So you're trying to, you know, remain cool. And also when I lean over, my belly looks a bit bigger. So I was trying to like breathe in yeah. at the same time. Um, when you say guest, what are you talking about? Like you're the, the just, bird, just, the girl guess. you're seeing. Lady guest, yeah. Uh, you know, a guest. You could, uh, they, them were there and, and they saw me uh, <laughs> and they, they got a little glimpse into what it might be like. <laughs> Rick, do you, do you find, do you feel self-conscious watching football at home? I, I do a bit. Like when, when the girls were younger, um, I used to swear and mutter words in the crook of my arm so that it was muffled and they couldn't hear me. And now they're nine and eleven, and they've seen me like it, like literally just putrid, rotten stuff just comes out of my mouth, and I just can't help it. And my missus was saying because the girls at the time of uh, the goal, the girls were actually in bed, so it was like a muted uh, celebration. It wasn't muted in the fact that um, it was muted the the volume, but because I was trying to stifle it, it just went really high pitch. Um, and I could hear my missus giggling in the kitchen of just <laughs> like, you fucking cunt, you fucking cunt, you fucking cunt. Uh, but, but yeah, like, I mean, they, they've seen, they've, you know, they, they've seen me at my worst and, uh, when, when, yeah, when, I just when, killed it. When we scored the hurricane goal, I was squealing. I was squealing. I was just going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And my missus, obviously, like I said, she's getting into it, but. She doesn't react much when we score. She'll go, go on, yes, like that. I'm on my knees, like looking at the heavens <laughs> with my arms up like this, screaming at the top of my lungs. And obviously that goal against um, Sporting got ruled off. But the, yeah, the um, that goal that Hoybier scored, the, just to do what he did and take the ball on. And he's not, that's not his game. Like he is, I, I think, along with Bentoncourt, being our best player this season. But yep. but in terms of the kind of goals he scored and, and the important moments he scored in, like it's got. I think Hoybier pips Bentenko for player so far this season, and that goal. I mean, that was a peach. And bearing in mind when when this was three or four minutes after he literally looked like he'd absolutely broken his ankle. Like I thought that was the kind of injury that rule came out for ten weeks. And I don't yeah. know what they do. What like, the type of well, we know the type of men that they 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 breed in Denmark. <laughs> Apart from Mark Nesbitt, who's um, a small ginger man, generally <laughs> in, in, in Denmark, in Denmark they 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 build Vikings at shag monks. So like Hoybier would have gone down a treat in the Viking Empire uh, because he's turned his ankle. Most mortals would have you know, rolled around and gone off the pitch and maybe a stretcher and oxygen and whatnot. He got up, he ran 50 yards, he beat the defender and just smashed it off the post in for us to, like I say, not go go top of the group. It was, um, yeah, mate, wonderful. And and, and there, there was a, a question actually here. We'll go to it straight away. I'm going to go to it. Just give me two seconds to find out who sent it in because it's a good question. Um, Alok Badri, he says, do you think uh, Hoybier should be should get the captain's armband next season once Lloris departs. If Lloris does depart, if you had a choice between Kane and Hoybier, who would you? And and there's, there was no actually no. What what would you do? Would you give it to Kane or would you give it to Hoybier? Rick, it's a difficult one. It's a good question, actually. Yeah. Um, Kane is captain of England. Uh, he's been at the club since the beginning. 
Um, he is kind of uh, Mr. Tottenham in that sense. Um, and I think naturally it probably would go to him, but Huibier is, yeah, he, he's coming into that um, that leader of the team. You know, those kind of unofficial leaders that are leaders, do you know what I mean? Um, and he could easily be be made captain of Tottenham. But I think if it was a toss-up between Kane and Huibier, I think Kane would naturally get it just because of England captaincy, how long he's been at the club, uh, the records that he's got. Um, and it's just an extra thing to keep Kane at Tottenham as well. So I think he'd probably get it. It doesn't really matter, Alex, though, does it? If Hoybier doesn't get it, he's still going to be a leader on the pitch. Yeah, and I think that's the type of players that Conte wants. And it's always the type of players that that, that you want in a, a, a squad anyway. You want you know, a, a large percentage of that team to be of the same mental makeup that the other players are able to follow and take inspiration from. Some players... <clears throat> Excuse me. Some players take inspiration from what they see in terms of actions, uh, and are led by inspiration in terms of performances on the pitch. Other players respond better to someone that will bollock them, or or is far more vocal. Uh, I, I don't think you go far wrong with either of them, to be honest. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly—it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. No, indeed. Um, we, finished, we did finish top of the group, which is crucial because um, we can get one of the following teams in the last 16 um, we can get Bruges who would top their group. No, they they finished second, but they they were very strong. Uh, we can finish. We can get Inter Milan. Uh, we can get AC Milan, Leipzig, Dortmund, or obviously the team that no one wants, PSG. Out of those teams, who what what tickles your fancy, Rick? Your Bruges, Frankfurt, um, AC Milan, Leipzig, Dortmund, or PSG? I'd probably uh, go for Bruges. Because I just think they would be uh, the easiest to beat, really. Um, and then second, I would go for Dortmund. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely do not want PSG. Um, <laughs> no, fuck no. Could you imagine Dyer Longley and Sanchez up against Messi, Neymar and Mbappe? Come on. It's not fair. They should only be allowed to play two of them. It would be a spectacle to go to the lane and to to, to watch those three uh, players, but I no, I do not want us to to get drawn against them. I mean, the Milan's as well. I mean, they, they would be t- they'd be t- uh, a tough game. Although didn't that um, tidy against Chelsea? I, no, exactly. AC Milan won the won the league last year, and then they got slumped by Chelsea. Mm. Um, and then Inter are in a bit of uh, turmoil financially, but I don't know what that means to... I, I don't know if it kind of translates to how they play at the moment, if players are looking, you know, one eye on the exit from there, or, or you know, I haven't really been paying close attention to how they've been playing. But, yeah, I would, I'd definitely go for Bruges, number one. What about you, Al? Uh, I'm not as fussed about PSG, I think. What do you mean? Uh, what does that mean, Alex? Because what are you not fussed about? 
Because I think we've what, we played can beat big them? teams. At, we've yeah, we've played big teams at big moments before. You know, uh, we've never Madrid. faced the front line like that. Well, no, but I, I just think uh, you know, and who says it's going to be long legged Sanchez and and Dyer? All right, sorry, well, give me be... give me three that will cope with those three then. Romero. <laughs> All right, Romero one. Dyer, Davies, I think Ro- Davies. I, I, I don't know. I just think I don't. Um, I, I feel like we'd we'd raise our game for these bigger these bigger teams. I think you go into a game like look, you know, look if, if Bruges on offer, of course, yeah. What I'm I'm not saying I want PSG more than anyone else. Well, no, what I'm saying is, is there isn't, you know, I I don't really want Leipzig or Dortmund. I just feel like we don't tend to do particularly well. German teams, it just doesn't it doesn't work for us. Well, we did. Um, we, beat, we beat them in the um, the run, didn't we, up to the Champions League? Yeah, yeah, beat yeah and that was another team that were doing well at that time. But I don't know. It's just some. I don't know. Just I, a gut I, feeling. I, do you know why I don't like Bruges? Because they were they they've been very good in their group stages. They were underestimated, and I've been there before. or We've all been there before when we got that really plum group, or what looked like a plum group, with Pochettino's in thousand eighteen when we were at Wembley. And Monaco had Mbappe, a player that we didn't really know much about then. And we got dumped out. I just think like maybe Bruges might be a surprise package. But this is what who I mean. Do you, who I do just, you want? I, I, I want... Um, I'd say, <clears> I, I'd take Dortmund, Inter or AC Milan. <clears throat> I think it would beat all them. I don't think it matters when you get to, when you get to knock out. I mean, it matters that we don't get PSG, ages. but all the rest... But do you, th- do you think if we got PSG, do you think that... I think there's far less danger of us going, okay, well, let's just see it. Uh, you know, you can't be fucking about. You have to be like on it from going. And I just think players raise their game. The focus for, will for be the there. Uh, other than, yeah, well, that, that's probably what I'm getting at with Bruges is perhaps the focus won't be there because they'd assume that we're going to get through over two legs, whereas a better team, the focus will be there. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be, if we get PSG, I'd be a bit like, oh, bloody hell, but also be actually quite buzzing for it. I tell you what, though, lads, it, it, it's nice to be having this conversation, isn't it? Eh? Lovely. Lovely. It's nice to be in the Champions League still. It's nice to finish top. Eight million quid Lovely. for finishing top. Well, what, eight million extra eight million. pounds is it? Eight million. Do you know you get two point? You get I think it's two point one million quid just for winning a game in the Champions League. Unreal. Uh, and yeah, eight mil. Eight so, million so that was ten million in our coffers just because of Hoybier's goal. Daniel Levy probably never celebrated a goal much more than than, than that. <laughs> Ten million for nothing, doing nothing, just sitting I'm sure there. Lucas's, I'm sure Lucas's goal against uh, Ajax probably hurt him a little bit more. That's but, probably uh, why he got a new contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't really matter. But I think there is something de- generally in that that you know you get a big team, even in reputation, n- not necessarily what they're doing currently. And there, you know, AC Milan and Inter Milan might have be having some issues but they're still a good side but the the name comes before them it precedes them and the players will be well up for that and why Art Lane play in any of those big teams especially an Italian team I think there's something there's something about Inter Milan and AC Milan over Dortmund and Leipzig that will create a buzz at why Art Lane yeah that, that's you, do you know what I mean you can you, you those might, three yeah, in particular yeah. you think of the nights we've you know obviously Inter Milan with with Gareth Bale, which I think was this week, the anniversary of 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 the of, of Bale's game against Inter Milan at home. You know, taxi for Mike on. Yeah. You know, we had the night against AC Milan with Lennon and Crouch. 
Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've had games against uh, you know the games at the game at Wembley against Dortmund and Harry Kane scoring the winner out there as well. So we've we've got history against those three that up the atmosphere as well. Not not many people remember the return leg when um, we we took them to White Hart Lane, AC Milan. I'm pretty sure this is right. Did we have the home leg first or the or the away leg? Uh, away leg, and then we nil nil it, didn't we? Yeah, and and yeah. Gallas did like a bicycle kick off the line to to stop them from from um, from scoring. But that night yeah. at White Hart Lane was as electric as the Inter Milan game. It was like there was a buzz about it, and that's what I'm saying. Like bring them. Bringing either of those two to, to over two legs, I think we could do it. I really do. And in, and Jose Mourinho's in the Milan. We beat, um, you know, fairly convincingly after they just won the won the league. Or he left. Was slightly different he at that left. Point. No, he left. Oh, he, he left. Was, Sorry, yeah, yeah. Rafa Benitez, but it was essentially the same team. It was you know Eto. after they won the league. Yeah, so yeah. we've like I said, we've Not got won the league. They know, won the treble. Yeah, people think that you know going into these big games. And I remember on Champions League. I remember when we drew Man City in the. In the quarterfinals, and you know, we were all like, "Well, that's that then." Well, I was, I was that's worried when then. when Ajax, Ajax were absolutely on flames, and in 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 the Champions League when we got them in in, in the semi final, they they in that first get, they beat us one nil at White Lane, and they 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 you know they were they, they, they were very good, yeah, very good, mm. and um, very good in the first half, but you know, it just took us forty five minutes to turn it around, but. You know, when it gets to the group stages, you can build a narrative. You can create a. I did like, I did, and it has popped into my mind a couple of times in the last week, but I haven't vocalised it. I think thought about maybe like who knows, we might go on a bit of a run in the Champions League. Because if you think, well, do you know what the? Sorry, go, on. go on. No, no, no. I was just going to say the parallels. You know, think of the group stage when we were coming out in 2019. You know, the Barca game. Um, you know, there was pressure on the on the Dortmund game. We hadn't, you know, it hadn't been a great group. You know, had to go to Barcelona and get and, and get a result. Yeah, and we, it wasn't convincing like, how at all. Yeah, how are Tottenham doing this? You know, and then the Man, you know, obviously Man City with the VAR and Hugo saving a penalty, and then obviously the Ajax game. Like, you know, there's it's there are there are some parallels to it, and you see and you've seen that with teams that that have won the Champions League before, and they kind of just keep getting through to the next round, some way or another. Mm. Um, yeah, I generally think when it gets to this stage, it's it's anyone's game, really. Yeah, well, everyone. Uh, we've obviously got injuries. Obviously, Son broke his eye. Um, you know, it could be eighteen days before he re- returns to play. If you follow what um, Kevin De Bruyne, what happened to Kevin De Bruyne, eighteen days would be perfect for Tottenham because it means he misses all of our games and goes to the World Cup with South Korea. Um, I'd but, love it if he missed the World Cup. That would be fantastic. I mean, there are, uh, for, as a, from a Spurs fan's perspective, it would be perfect because mm. he'd be completely rested and coming to the second. But I mean, you know how important he is to South Korea and how important how how much he wants to play there. So I'm sure he's absolutely gutted at the moment. Does any part of you think that a, a little run out of the game would benefit him because he hasn't played well at all, apart from sort of a couple of you know halves in certain games? Ever. Yeah, I, genu- I genuinely think it'd be massively beneficial to him <laughs> to be able to have a month off. Mm. Um, you know, it's, and I, I genuinely hope he misses it because uh, it means nothing to me the, the the World Cup in any in any form. And and if it can, if it means that arguably you know the second most important or one of the most important players in our squad gets to have a month off of full rehabilitation and is you know chomping at the bit to be getting back. That 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 benefits Tottenham. That's that's all I give a fuck about. We've got. Um, I think. Um, go 
with uh, if it was Sonny, you can have a month off just watching Netflix, just eating what you want, just just chilling at home. Then that that would probably do do him good from like burnout, uh, kind of just whatever he needs to get capture his form back. But you know he's got a fractured eye socket; he's going to have an operation on his face. So, and bef- and when he gets back into playing football again, the first time he has to challenge and go up with a player and stuff like that, he's going to be like, it's going to take him a while to find his groove. So although I think the rest will do him good, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot longer road to recovery than I think we we probably feel to be honest. Yeah, I, which I, is I think unfortunate. So. It's unfortunate. I don't think he's going to make the the World Cup. Depends on the severity of the break, but the fact that he needs an operation is isn't insignificant. Obviously, football is different from boxing. When you get an eye injury in boxing, we talked about on the um, we talked about on the five statements with Cow loves his boxing you do our as well you know what like a it isn't an orbital break apparently so it's less severe but it, it is a fracture and it would need support in mm. his road he'll play with a mask on yeah um but it's just about how quickly he can get back but you're right as a from from a selfish point of view spurs fans point of view which is really what we're all interested in and son's mental state as well like i'm sure he we, we want him to go, go and play for his country and do well and come back buzzing but i think it'd be in terms of with our Spurs hats on, it'll be better if Son... Is it just... I mean, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I genuinely like... There's a few of the important players. Like, if, if Harry Kane was to tweak, you know, do a... tweak a hamstring now, you know, that was just going to keep him out for a month, just, I'd be bang up for that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no chance I'd put country before a club ever. I mean, he would, but... No, know. no, he would, obviously. He's got personal sort of achievements to, you know, do, but... Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, but probably not as um, enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've got injuries to Son, as we mentioned, Richarlison and Romero. Kulisevsky, we've got two league games against Liverpool and Leeds at home. Those are four massive. I mean, Richarlison less so, but Kulisevsky, Romero and Son are huge. Um, how do you think we set up in those two home games? We've got, obviously got to play Forest in the League Cup as well, but... They, those players might not have played if they were fit. What? Wait, how do we set up, Rick? Do, do we? Mate, do... I, I, I literally do not know. Uh, like looking at our bench. But what uh, are our options? Marseille. Our options uh, well, are, are uh, Lucas Moura and Brian Hill. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Um, I remember there was. I mean, for for one minute, I do. Not, do, I do not suggest this, and I don't think it will happen. But I swear, when Spence came on for the last few minutes, he played more of uh, an attacking role um, where Kulisevsky was playing. I can't remember what game it is that he came on, but he was a lot more forward. It wasn't like a traditional right wing back. He was a lot further forward. Um, I don't, I don't for one minute think that Conte is going to do that. But he might do it against Forest. Got tired legs in it. Yeah, and that it's. You know, 80th minute if we if we're a few goals up or whatever. But I mean that a front three of Kane, Mora, and Hill. I just I don't I don't know how well that's going to do really. So what? You know, but- I mean, Mora was fucking shit against Marseille. He was shit, man. Yeah. Um. What? 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 Would I you, don't know whether I, that's I don't- down to mental fatigue. 
Because I mean, obviously, I think he's got he's he's got a lot of pressure on him at the moment um, because of you know his political leanings and uh, the you know the guy that he wanted uh, to win didn't, and I think I, I think he would have probably got a lot of shit on social as well. I saw a lot of people whacking him, um, so I think that's probably been weighing on his mind, and he he looked pretty tired against Marseille. Normally, he. It, you know, technically, he isn't one of those players where you like um, his passing is spot on and stuff like that. He's more of a you know chaos player running at uh, running at teams. But I just felt like it off the ball, he wasn't even uh, pressing or chasing anyone. So he just kind of was just strolling about, which you know, it's 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 uh he's in a I don't I don't know if he is in a bad place, but it, it was a particular bad game. So him I mean, starting, we know. I mean, I mean, we, Liverpool and Leeds. Is... We know, we know that we have issues. We know Lucas Moore isn't the guy. We know that Brian no. Hill you wouldn't start him with. But those are our options. So what what do we do? If those are options, without look, we know their limitations. But what do you do against Liverpool? How do you set up? Alex, how do you tell? I think I, I don't. I don't see. I was. I was way. on. I was on this show, and I was asked the exact same question. Like, did the exact same thing. I was like, I'm so glad I'm not going to take because well, I, I don't think, have. I a think. I think, you, I think you have to go free. I, I don't see any way, other way of doing it. I don't think you can play. You know, free across the top. No, it's got to be a free no, five there's two. no no Richarlison and no Son. I don't think that's an option. So, I think you're going to have to go Kane and someone to play off him. Um, it's going to be more, you know, whether that's Hill, Lucas, unfortunately, um, and, and and you have to try and load that midfield. You have to try and get bodies into those into those positions and try and set up those those attacks in a different way, rather than it being, um, uh, you know, trying to push on uh, Hoiberg and and Bentenko to try and try and in, interact with those front two. It might be a question of of really having to rely on wing-backs now, which is slightly worrying, but I don't see any other option. Is you know, that... look, Emerson came on in the second half and actually did, you know, all right. Do you know um, what? That, that hasn't been... Not enough has been made about that. I, I, I Like, he mm. did come on and play well, and and, and, and he, gets, he gets he gets properly shit on when he plays bad. <sighs> and, and for good reason, right? It's fine. Like, shit on him. But also give him some props if he's done well at the same time. I, I thought, He did okay. Yeah, totally. He, he, t- he totally um, he he gave the team a, a lot more balance, um, and we were a, a, a lot more of a threat down the right right hand side when he was playing. And to begin with, as well, like uh, was it Cess that started on the right? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, like again, that I thought that was just quite a, a bizarre choice. I mean, I don't know how often Cess has played on the uh, as right wing back before. Um, maybe once during a game they've switched or something like that. But, you know, for the magnitude of the game against Marseille in that atmosphere and then putting Cess as, as right wing back, I just thought it was a bit of a bizarre choice, really. They switched it pretty quickly, um, didn't they? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, and they, I think that like for during the game they kept they kept switching. But um yeah, it's uh he yeah, to reiterate, uh, when when he did when Royal did come on, he did, he did play well, so props to him. Yeah, it's going to be a 3-5-2, I think. The only way we can play in this instance, our strength flies. I thought, I thought Basuma came on and, and and grew into the game. I thought he you know, struggled initially, which is always going to happen when you're coming on uh, into a game of that magnitude in that type of atmosphere very quickly. You know, that's not a planned substitution. You know, you've got to get with it quite quickly. Um, struggled to start with, but as the game went on, he got he got better and better. Um, and I, he is one of those players that the more he plays, the better he will get because he needs to, you know, continue to learn the system um, and feel and feel more comfortable in it. So that's good. I think will I think it will benefit Basuma long term, which I think will benefit us, you know, long term in terms of his his development. Um, so yeah, the the only yeah the disappointing is is that you'd like to up there, you know, and Luke, you know, Lucas as much as he was garbage against Marseille again. You know how is he going to get into any rhythm anyway? And that's by playing. You know, and if 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 it means that now he's going to have four games of having, you know, having to play, then the best we can hope for is that it results in him getting into some type of rhythm and, and benefiting us in some kind of way. And you know, we need him now. We we need mm-hmm. him. We need him to play well. And you know, this is a player that a lot of people wanted out the door, and I get it. But when you've got a player who's mentally on board who's happy to be there and fight for his place and take opportunity when he gets it it was quite important that he stayed at the football club because if we'd had this terrible luck with injury and he'd had left we'd it would literally be brian hill as a secondary striker it'd probably be a four five one with brian hill playing in midfield behind kane maybe you know it's i know i know lucas moore isn't good enough for where we want to be and i know praising him always comes with criticism but he's there we need him right now and and it's important the fact that we have players that are, are willing to do everything they can in their limited ability to pull for the team when we have an injury crisis we have right now um do you see brian hill involved rick in in these three games like does does i don't think there's a world where he starts against liverpool but perhaps nah. his leads certainly against forest you, you'd expect him to play yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think we will see him start maybe against uh, Forest, yeah. But in the games against uh, Liverpool and Leeds, I think I think we'll see more of him. I think he'll definitely uh, come on, and I think he'll come on earlier than what he has been coming on for. But I think I think you're right. I think it will be Kane and Mora that will start, and then he will be the one to replace um, Mora. Yeah. When he comes on and like on like sixty five minutes or something like that, I'll be interested to see how um, to, to just to see some more minutes under him to see what he can actually do because when he's come on, um, he has affected the game. When he's come on, uh, it, like I think I can't remember the first first time he got uh, some minutes run out. Um, who was it against? Maybe against Frankfurt, where he was. Yeah, yeah he, he won the penalty. Didn't he? The bo- yeah, and, yeah he, won- he was quite erratic, and but he was like chasing, harrying, and like he was everywhere. Really, he really wanted to prove to Conte that um, Bournemouth as well. He didn't do a job exactly. So he, he's uh, he's coming on and he's showing willingness, um, which is great to see. But I just like to see him a little bit more calm 
and giving that that time to show what he can really do. So that that'd be nice to see. Yeah, indeed. I hopefully we will see some more minutes of him. And and you know, Conte's speaking about him. I know he's been interviewed. Um, I don't know if you can hear that. There's like military helicopters flying over the house, like Chinooks and Apaches. It's mad. Like living in the country, you look up and there's a fucking Apache helicopter doing exercises like fucking a hundred feet over your house. It's mental. Fucking missiles and shit. Clav, Clav uh, discreetly taking out his hard drive and sliding it underneath a desk. <laughs> the noises get closer. <laughs> okay, we got him. Um, yeah, so you know, you, 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 Conte was talking about him as, um, you know, comparing him in his playing style to Bernardo Silva, which is high praise. He, he says he obviously needs to bulk up. I think we need to f- fill him full of steroids and, and get him in the gym. But um, there, there is a, a, a player there and everybody recognises it. And it's good that he stayed as well because you remember the last day of the season, they was looking to... to mm. I think he was either a loan or, or a sale and he he, and he, um, he put on Instagram that you know, he was quite unhappy about that. That move didn't happen. But you know you see his reaction to that Bentang core goal where he wheeled away and he's invested, massively invested. And a player there, definitely a player there. Um, Matthew Kavinar, he says, would you go out of the U, uh, of the Champions League in the next round if it guaranteed us a place in the FA Cup final, but no guarantee that we'd win it, Alex? No. I would. What, an FA Cup final like that? One game, as opposed to getting knocked out, at best, getting knocked out in the semifinals by PSG or something? <clears throat> well, I don't know whether that's at best, but uh, I, I don't, yeah, no. FA Cup, I, I feel like if we're looking at it, in a, in a broader sense, Spurs winning an FA Cup obviously look would be great, and I'd lose my shit, and it would be amazing. It doesn't really do anything for us as a, as a club, really, does it? Winning a League Cup or an FA Cup? Yeah, an FA Cup. Staying in the, <clears throat> being FA... in the Champions League with this January coming up, with the World Cup where it is, we're in the Champions League. We've done it. Yeah, We've it, done it. Out it yeah. anything now is a bonus. We've made loads of money. And even now, as a bonus, an FA Cup. So, so you, the, the people like what would attract more players? The fact that the likelihood of you being still being in the Champions League or in an FA Cup final, better players in January, which we need. We can, we can. Oh, you mean to get Champions League to, to, to so that they're involved after? Hmm. I think we can attract What's, players regardless. Now, you, uh, we can't attract the same players by winning an FA Cup. What they're going to join in- Spurs for a, 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 a two-leg tie in fucking. Yeah, in Feb, in January, when that trans- this January transfer window is going to be like no other because of the World Cup, there will people be reacting quickly to the World Cup. There'll be people reacting because of injuries at the World Cup. There is going to be an opportunity to sign some some really quality players or or players that even even before we might not have had half a chance with, right? And being in the Champions League is going to be vital. If with us, if we'd have lost on um, Tuesday. I'd be genuinely worried about what we could bring in, in in January compared to what we could bring in now. I'm not saying we would bring in rubbish players, but compared to the level of players that we could get now, it's like it's night and day. Okay, I I, I, I think I think that we would be able to buy James Madison still and he would solve many problems in our three five two. And I think so, if we were gonna take James Madison, it would have happened by now. I'm not sure he's that fast. But I'm just saying, like, to answer the question, that we would probably still be able to buy a player of his ilk that would solve problems, and and I'd take the FA Cup final still. What would you do, Rick? It's a tough one. 
an FA Cup final. I mean, like, we don't yeah, know who I know, it's going to be. Look, like, te- like maybe uh, ten years ago, I would have bitten your hand for FA Cup final, like just to get just to. Uh, do you know what I've uh, in all the years of going to watch Spurs, um, Champions League, Europa League, League Cups, League, and all that, I've never seen Tottenham in an FA Cup final. Never. There you go. Which your answer, is it? something that I'm desperate to. You've seen loads of good players join. List. Loads of good players join. I, I think I've been to something like five or six FA Cup semi-finals. Lost them all. Beautiful. Lost them all. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. It's an age thing. The FA Cup kind of passed. Like I didn't grow up in a time where we all sat down on a Sunday to watch the FA Cup final, like together as like you know I was three, four when the. It's back when, when fingering was normal, wasn't it? Yeah, I got I got got other things to do. Um, I don't know. Maybe it just passes me by. Uh, If you'd have said Europe final, I probably would have said yeah. FA Cup day used to be magical. It used to be so good. BBC Mm -hmm. just take over the whole day, Mm. and they'd just be interviewing like like kids and people from the town that whoever's in the final, and they'd just be going through everything. It was just such a massive build-up to the day, but it, it just seems like it's lost uh, a, a bit of its shine. Um, but I just think there is just so much at stake with the Champions League, with player attraction, with money, um, and that prestige. And I like there is nothing more of that to, to win the European Cup is is the ultimate. It is the ultimate. And if we can get into a position where we can get anywhere near a final again of that, then fucking it's just too, it's the, the lure is just too much, man. I just want it so much. Well, it'll be, what's it? Six games. So you're, you're basically banking on six games against the, the Europeans, Europe's best teams or what, a, what a shootout in the FA cup final. Bear in mind, the FA cup isn't anywhere near as good as the champions league, but the likelihood that we could win a, FA Cup final against anyone in the Premier League, you know we're in it. Whereas our chances of winning Champions League in this this position are, you know, close to zero. You've yeah, got to take, you've got to, to pragmatically you've got you've got to take the FA Cup in my opinion. Let us know. At us at Love the Show. Yeah. Would you say FA Cup or uh, this run or this position we put ourselves in for the Champions League? Um, final question. But the final question, there was another question from Reb, who um, I, her brain, you know, she sends in some mental stuff. Uh, this week's, uh, every single episode, she'll send in a, a mental question. We don't always put them, but this is the one that she's sent in this week. Would you, <laughs> would you donate your missus's eyes, eyes, meaning she would be fully blind if it meant the son had an instant recovery? <laughs> yeah, with. She'd never leave me. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we'd have some back. <laughs> uh, answer, uh, yeah. Archie Madden, he says, which player realistically do you, uh, should we sign uh, in January? We're at the top of our list. Rick, you love this geezer from, can't remember where he's from, but can you uh, have a go at pronouncing his name? Uh so I, so I think in the in the WhatsApp group we got mixed up. There was a, I think it's from uh, the Ukrainian guy from Atalanta. That's I right. think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mil- or something like that. I don't even know, mate. Um, you could tell. Anything. He's. I think he's. He's twenty nine. His contract's going. 
but just watching his YouTube, I think he could do a job for that uh, that position we were talking about, where Madison can play and where this this lad can play as well. And I think he's, um, I think we can get him. That, but, little, um, that little pig from, again as well, uh, Madison as well. That little pig from Shakhtar looks good, doesn't he? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, 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 he does, yeah. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> M- Muddy, Muddy... Mudrick. Muddy Mud. Mudrick. Yeah. M- <laughs> Michalio Mudrick. Yeah, that little pig. We should get him. Pig in the mud. Although, um, <laughs> they're, they're, I saw that like in, in the... Uh, there was a report on F- F365 about players saying he's already joined Arsenal. But um, when you actually read the article, they're just using Arsenal as the name and, and that they're saying he's already out the door. Arsenal bid thirty million pounds for him. They want eighty six million for this he's not even twenty yet, this kid. But he looks good. That's that's silly. No one's gonna pay that. Maybe we should. We're not a big club if we don't, do we? Alright then pigs. I've got um sorry sorry, can I just um I've got a I've got a question that I um I'd like to ask you both. What do you think about um, European teams letting off fireworks at uh, the opposing team's hotel, like letting them off at half one in the morning and then at half four in the morning. I think it was. Yeah, uh, Marseille fans for Tottenham. Love it. What's your what, What's your opinion? Love it or it's <clears throat> small club mentality, shit housing. What like? What, what, where do you stand on fireworks? I mean, fireworks in general are shit. Yeah, right. they are shit. Uh, but yeah, I'm all on. I'm on board for that. I think that's great. I think if you've got the gumption to be getting up at half on half or to go let off fireworks in the opposing team's hotel on the slight chance that it makes any difference at all, I value your pettiness. I value your commitment. You've got up and done summer. Good. I love it. They did it for, against us uh, against Ajax as well. And look what happened to them. We keep slumping people in the last minute when they're keeping us up at night. I think it's embarrassing. I, uh, I, I think they're absolute geeks. Like, get a life. What are you doing? Like, how, what you're getting up at three? What were you doing at nineteen, like twenty, twenty-one? I'm not saying you're going to let off fireworks, but you do some I was stuff now. White lightning in a park in Tottenham. Yeah, exactly. Having my way. Yeah. <laughs> not at three in the morning, but with your curtains. No, but seriously, like, like the fucking get a life. Like, what are you doing? Like, if, if you go, like, oh, do you know what we'll do? You know, what we'll do? let's go all get up at two a.m. and get some. You got any fireworks? I've got some fireworks. Oh yeah. What we'll do is we'll find out. We'll take time out of our life to find out where the Spurs team are going to be sleeping, and we'll let fireworks over their building. Yeah, that sounds like if that was your mate saying that's you. You'd be going, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Well, yeah, Alex. Now, Alex, no. At any time, did your mate said you would have done it. Hundred percent. Uh, uh, fucking uh, dorks. A younger Dork. age. In your, to use your expression, dorks. No, it's not. It's not. Dorks are people like they, you that uh, read like books and shit and watch Lord of the Rings. They think they, like, they, they, you know, they thought they thought. Your... No, no, no. No, I haven't finished yet. Like reading books and talking to us about like philosophy and like oh Jordan Peterson might have a point about a couple things like that's that's dorkish <laughs> and then listening to Spooky rabbit on about you know Windows Vista or whether he's ready to upgrade that's dorkish <laughs> going out having a few beers and letting off some fireworks is fucking cool it's not cool Alex it's the... I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to side with team Alex on this one I uh, I I do like the the pettiness and the shit and I like as well the um you know where their their coach is pulling in 
I know their fans had flares. Oh, and come on. Make, 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 Get down the pub. Their, their, their team know that, that this is an important game and uh, create an atmosphere. And did, when you were watching what the happened? game as well. Like, what happened? We battered you. Yeah, you know I mean? they, 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 they did get they did get done, but um, like during the game when you just hear like one of the a firework just exploded, it was a massive bang in the stadium. I can't remember who was commentating with Hoddle, but he was saying every time a firework went off, Hoddle was shitting himself. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Probably worried he was going to keel over. <laughs> Do you remember when the Emirates was built and a load of Tottenham fans went and projected the Spurs badge onto the onto the Emirates? Remember that? Yeah, but that, that's different. <laughs> I, don't, that's, but I like that. That is good. That's good. <laughs> All right, we'll have to agree to disagree. Uh, that's been the Fighting Cop podcast. Thanks very much for enjoying uh, joining joining us once again. We're doing the preview for the uh, Liverpool game. If you're still with us, thirty percent part of thirty percent. Then we're doing a preview of the Liverpool game tomorrow. Um, but uh, yeah, until then, if you're not a patron, then uh, we'll see you on Monday next week. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Uh, Alex, good luck with your interview. Uh, are we still recording? Yeah, go on. Tell us about it. I just want to. I just want to say, uh, last week was not a very good week. I lo- Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.